podcast. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome to 2015 and the Internet Advisor. I'm Foster Brown and we have a very special three-hour program ahead of us today. In this hour, we're going to be looking at the subject of security, or you might say the subject of insecurity that we've experienced during 2014, certainly, on the internet. But there are some answers out there. Richard Steen is going to be with us in studio to talk about that, along with a colleague of his who has a brand new way of stopping the bad guys. This hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome once again to a brand new year, 2015. I'm Foster Brown, the co-host of this program, heading into our 18th year with my friend, Mr. Gary Baker. How you doing, Gary? Hey, it's great to be here in 2015. Oh, my word. We made it. It's a, I, it's you could have pinched me. Believe, I didn't, yes. never would have believed we'd have gotten this far. And we've, <laughs> and we've got a whole month to wait before our 17th anniversary. Can oh you my. believe it? They've led us on for 16 years and Yikes. 11 months. Wow. That's right. Whew. Some some toll. As a matter of fact, we're going to be having, I hope, somebody very special on for that. We're going to see if we can get them. I'll, I'll leave it as a surprise. Eddie Rudell. Eddie Rudell, <laughs> good to have you here, too. Always great to be here, Foster. Fought your way in from northern Oakland County where they had a little bit of snow. A little bit of snow, icy roads. You know, the dirt roads or the gravel roads are worse. You know, you think paved roads are bad. You haven't been on muddy roads when they freeze uh. over. Cal, a little closer in. Good to have you here, Cal Carson. Does it bother the horse's hooves? (laughs) (laughs) Amish Ed. I I, I put chains on them. (laughs) You know, I can't believe you guys have been on the air that long. You know, I didn't even know radio has been on. Oh, get out of here. You know, we were latecomers to that. I wish I would have been older so I could have been here when it started. (laughs) Still in diapers. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. And also in studio with us, Richard Steeden. Richard, good to have you back in here. Great to be here as always. Yes, yeah. Author, international commentator on security, runs IT Harvest. You can go to itharvest.com. We have links to that on our homepage and find out more about his company. We'll be talking about security with him during this hour. And our man, not in Havana, but I think he's still in Key West, Mike Brennan. <laughs> I'm in the northern Keys now. I'm heading back to Miami I have to fly back to the icebox on Tuesday. So. Oh man, we have we're going to be having it turned down just for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's eighty-two degrees here, and I'm oh, sitting on the it. back deck, so oh. I just had to throw that out. Thank so. you very much. I tell you what, well, you know, Mike Brendan is the editor of MI Tech News, and you can get that by simply going to our homepage, InternetAdvisor.net, scrolling down and subscribing. What do you get for that? For absolutely nothing, you get a world of. All sorts of headlines from around the state and the world on technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship. And Mike, as an example, of, oh, by the way, for free, along with a lot of other things we'll talk about. But Mike, this week, let's talk about some of your headlines. I see the Internet of Things. There's a prediction for that for 2015. Yeah, you know, there's so many things that are going to be hooked up to the Internet because they all have IT addresses, everything from, gosh, your washing machine to your refrigerator to, to your corporate network. And so what IDC is coming out and saying, it's getting really, really complicated for CIOs. So everything's going to move to the cloud, and the cloud's going to manage all this because of all these different ways of connecting. Uh, they also, getting back to security, they also said that on the Internet of Things within two years, 
they expect to have a major security breach uh, because that's you know the bad guys know that's where yeah. everybody's going, right? right. So. And was there? I think with the uh, Target hack this last year, it was through a. Um, a mechanical interface, I think, that they got into the system. So this Internet of Things could prove to be very, like the Achilles heel in the system, if you will. Uh, Your second article I underlined here was that 2014 was a terrible year for computer security, to say the least. Oh, yeah. 56 million credit card numbers, 53 million email addresses. That's just from Home Depot. I mean, if you go into, if you wade into all this, it's pretty scary. I mean, there's a lot of very organized crime elements out mm-hmm. there that Richard, I'm sure, will discuss later. Uh, and there's some others out there, but mostly it's just plain old organized crime that's figured this out this is where the money is. You're like, really set to rob banks while the organized crime is robbing the Internet. Yeah, I matter of fact, Ed and I had a conversation as we were preparing for the show, and I'm going to hopefully uncork that in the second uh, section of our program with Richard Steen, who's with us in studio here, talking about uh, the, the threat against the individual in light of that. Okay, the third thing here I see is here, Michipreneur.com has a a great story they posted about 12 Michigan innovation stories. Yeah, Amanda uh, summed up what she thought was her top stories, and where at the top is Hemming Wright Tool, and then Magic Book, and Crib Spot, and Young Village, and all the rest of them are listed there, but these are all uh, Michigan technologies that were developed, many of them downtown Detroit technologies, as it were. Uh, and so uh, it's a great article if you want to get caught up on all the really cool things happening in Michigan with all of our smart entrepreneurs out there. You can find it all listed there in that article. Well, Mike Brennan, that's a good uh, cl- plug for me to get in here to say that uh, when you get MI Tech News delivered to you every Friday, you get not only these headlines, you also get a great audio resources and some video resources as well. There's links to the podcast from IT and the D and from our complete Internet Advisor podcast, along with a lot of other resources that are there. So you're not just getting these headlines, you're getting a wealth of information, absolutely free, delivered to you directly to your email address. And how do you get that? Simply go to internetadvisor.net, scroll down the page to the subscribe meet right now button, and click on that, and you are on your way. And Mike, this last year of 2014 was a big year for alliances for you. You, uh, as you we just talking about IT and the D now is hooked up with yep. MI Tech News. Huge. They have a huge audience worldwide. It's just phenomenal right. numbers. They're and then we also have Tech 248 out of Oakland County. We haven't got all right. the details worked out on that. We just announced it last month. But we'll be working really closely with Oakland County government, Automation Alley. Uh, so we're trying to corner the market on technology coverage in our, in our group which we have yet to name. We haven't come up with a really great name yet, but we will, right? So. Absolutely. So MI Tech News really re- represents both Mike's, well, how many years is it now? 30 years that you've been covering technology in Michigan? Well, in Michigan, 18, but total 35. Right, that's so. what I was thinking of. 35 years of covering technology as a reporter and now uh, kind of as the uh, head of a whole new network of information. And you can tap into that with mitechnews.com absolutely free. Please do that today. Check it out on our homepage, internetadvisor.net. Mike Brennan. Hey, man, may I throw out one more quick plug? Richard can address this. Richard and I are beginning to work on the sequel to Cyber Stiletto. We can't tell you the plot line yet because it's too scary to contemplate. All right. We'll have to check that out with him coming that, up that this next That means you time. haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> no, no, no. we got to figure it out. I've actually been doing All right. some work now. Come on home, Mike. <laughs> Welcome to the Internet Advisor. If you happen to kind of catch us as you're uh, rolling down the road or just skimming the dial or kind of, you know, chilling out on this extended New Year's weekend, 
Um, we are a program that's been around for now 17 years, and we've been handing out advice to people about their computers. That's how we started out. But we've expanded as well to look at some of the bigger picture items that are out there and also some of the neat people who are doing things on the Internet or in the digital world. And as you may have heard this last hour, when we began the hour, uh, some of the headlines that Mike Brennan had at MI Tech News had to do with security. And I would go as far as to say that 2014 for me in many years was the year of the hack, capital letters. Uh, let's bring our guest who is going to be with us for this hour uh, into the studio now and into the spotlight, if you will. Richard Steenen is with us. Richard, good to have you back again. Great to be here. It's always faster. Richard is our local uh, security expert, not just local, but you're involved very much in terms of as president of IT Harvest. You are kind of uh, at a place of gathering all that information from around the world and your colleagues about security. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I do every day you know, throughout the year is talk to people about their security or talk to vendors about their solutions for it. And I try and get as involved as, as I can with the policymakers who are trying to figure out, you know, what are they going to do about this? So did, did we see more hacks this last year or were they just bigger? It seemed like they're, they're the numbers every, are bigger for breaches. Yeah. Every yeah. year it seems like we're, yeah. we're saying, okay, this was the year of the, of the breach. Yeah, actually, and I next saw year a review will be article. the year of the breach. I saw a review article <laughs> that showed every year who said it, this was the year of the breach. And for mm-hmm. the last three years running, some you know major online news site has said this is the year of the breach. So for sure, 2015 <laughs> is going to be the year of the breach. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I have a dark theory on that I want to get to. But, I mean, just in Mike's report coming out of San Francisco, Home Depot, uh, J.P. Morgan, Target, um, there were more than that. I think oh, there were a lot more. Uh, oh, Sony, good, good Lord, Sony, yeah. that colossal hit there. Huge numbers that have been, I think it's the numbers that have numbed us. And I, the last one from Sony, and I, I get you guys' reaction to this. My sense, the thing that underlined it for me was the completeness of the hack. It wasn't just emails or anything. It was everything. This, this took their servers and dumped it into a paste bin. 100 terabytes of data that they claim they stole, and we've seen evidence that they have a lot of emails. They've obviously got uh, full feature-length movies that they've stolen and released. Movie ideas, contracts, uh, personal notes back and forth. I mean, can you guys, Ed and Cal, can you imagine that happening, for instance, at GM, where you are? Yeah, but it would be so boring because Ed and I's mail has nothing exciting (laughs) at all. Well, and would Richard, I'm curious because you would think that they would have had to steal a lot of passwords to be able to get into those servers uh, because they should all be segmented, right? Those should all be different si- different servers, different passwords. <laughs> He's, grinning, different He's grinning. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, that wouldn't be best practice to use kind of. Well, the, you know, the trouble Grandma is, one on, is your password for everything. The right? trouble is on Windows-based enterprises, which is ninety-nine percent of all enterprises. Uh, they're totally vulnerable to something called pass the hash. So all you need is one password of a domain administrator, and you get wow. into that system, and then you just pass the hash. You use the last time they logged in to get to the rest of the servers. So you oh, just keep moving. Scary. That's scary. Is it mm. is it fair to say though that we have really seen a a different kind? Uh, was it? I think uh, uh, Mike was talking about it, that the, the, this is like the cartels get leveled. Yeah. This is like organized crime level. Well, this was uh, the way it played out seems to be an evolution of what happened to Strat4 uh, a couple years ago and HB Gary. So those were technology companies that got the attention of Anonymous and guys just got in, got to their servers, and then started leaking everything. So it's mm-hmm. like that, but it's targeted for a real specific purpose, right? Do damage to Sony. Do we have that same sort of vulnerability on servers that are Unix-based? 
Absolutely. Okay. You know, if they're protected by passwords. So not the pass to hash kind of vulnerability, but once you get the passwords. And unfortunately, with all the Unix servers, uh, everybody tends to use, you know, standard default passwords um, in, inside the organization. They don't change it very often because so many people are touching them. Now, Richard, you, you deal on the international level. I mean, is there an international awareness of we got to do something else? Is there kind of a concerted plan for at these top levels, guarding themselves? So there, there's attempts, you know, so back in about 2003, there was actually a cybercrime treaty that was created. And then pretty much all of the Western nations have signed up to it. And all of the opposing nations, in particular China and Russia, have objected to it because it sure sounded like they were, you know, treading on their sovereignty. And, of course, they want to control their own Internet for their own people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we've only had 11 years of trying to get that to happen. Uh, and then each country has come up with their own cyber strategy, which is like ours, worded uh, very high level and no actual details about about what to do. So, you know, we're working on it. But the biggest development of all was Sony, right? So of mm. all the talk of nation state attacking, and we certainly had China uh, involved in cyber espionage around the world. Um, the U.S. like yesterday or the day before actually imposed sanctions on North Korean you know, uh, right. p- members of their army. And that's the first time anyone's ever applied international sanctions for a cyber attack. So mm. history was made. So um, how yeah. do we know it was them? How do, how yeah, maybe big debate. It was, maybe Most, it was somebody that was just, um, you know, yeah. that was sympathetic to... Sure, or an insider, or a combination. An insider had the stuff and passed it off to cyber criminals who passed it off to whatever... The, you know, most of my peers are coming down on, no, the FBI doesn't know what they're doing. Because if you've ever worked with the FBI, you don't really feel comfortable with their technical savvy. Um, <laughs> but the FBI, you know, this is the first time that the FBI's ever attributed an attack to a nation, right? So they've they've done the, mm. the uh, original um, sequester of, of people in uh, China. But this is the first time they said this attack came from that country and we're going to take action. And they cited other security, you know, uh, national intelligence well, resources. They've, they've never been wrong. Well, you're saying your your colleagues are saying we don't that believe that. Tongue in cheek. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I am, uh, you know, I've stopped doubting the U- U.S. government's ability to do hacking because we <laughs> do know that they've got access to most of the information on, that passes across the cable networks. Uh, undersea cables, mm-hmm. and that would give them the ability right. to finally have true at- attribution. And if they use that in this, which apparently that's what they're claiming they did, uh, they've been tracking the perpetrators for years and years, and they're saying these same guys did it. Ed, how do they move or copy a 100 terabyte of data without anyone knowing about it? I mean, you would think that the, the uh, I mean, they have to go inside the corporation's network. You would think that they would have just pegged the, the, the network and brought it down to its knees as all this data is flying out of the corporation. Certainly there must have been some bells and whistles going off. And all different servers. And right? all different servers. Yeah. Apparently, since um, all the leaked files have the same dates, time and dates on them, mm-hmm. they were probably stored on a single server. So yep. as they collected it, they stored it in one place. Uh, I would say that they would have encrypted it. Yep. And then just streamed it out because, I mean, we're talking about Sony Pictures. But they, you would have big not, file transfers are pretty normal. But you no, would that's not, true. That's but true. you would have not seen the capacity grow on that server. Oh gosh, yeah. If you if they were doing any monitoring, anybody that's would have the been question. <laughs> Obviously, and we yes. actually know about their security because one of the leaked documents was Price Waterhouse Cooper's audit 
of their security. <laughs> oh, jeez. And just from reading between the lines, you realize that their security is is real old school. We're we're doing a sim. We're we're you know, we're monitoring various. They devices. hadn't paid attention to warnings that had been given to them, had they? And they had had the PlayStation. No. The PlayStation hack had happened earlier in the year. PlayStation hack. They got their first CISO after the PlayStation hack, which actually occurred a couple of years before. But in February, an attack against uh, one of their distributors or something, theaters in Brazil, they decided to ignore because, <laughs> you know, they just lost emails and there's no law saying that they had to tell oh people my. about it. So they've been having problems all summer long. Cal, before we go to the break, you have a question? Well, there was no saying that whatever a man can create, a man can break. So how do you, how do you encrypt something that no one can de-encrypt? Yeah, uh, we've got some really good encryption. There is definitely encryption that right. at least the community believes. Can't that's be a positive note that I want to get to in just a minute. We're going to be going to a break shortly. So, Rick, after the break, let's come back and talk about some of the things we can do to protect ourselves. And in particular, we've got somebody coming in who is, uh, matter of fact, you know him very well. We're talking about security and personal security. And uh, Ridgely Evers will be with us to talk about Trust Pipe, where for $5 a year, you can really heave a sigh of relief and know that you're well taken care of. All that continuing on this first hour of three hours of a special internet advisor. My name is Foster Brown. Thank you for so much for joining us on this brand new year, 2015. Thank you for joining us here for this is just hour number one. We've got three hours of the internet advisor this afternoon. And uh, by the way, when it's all said and done on Sunday nights, I post the podcast and you can choose to listen to just certain segments of the program because we break them down into little more, a little smaller units that you can use. You can download it and have it on your uh, your phone and uh, or download it to your computer at your house and just play it back piece by piece that way if you'd like. Again, that's at internetadvisor.net. After Sunday night, we post the podcasts. Now, uh, by the way, this is the, uh, with 2015, just starting, of course, time for predictions, and I will be posting... The entire uh, group of uh, predictions from our staff here for 2015. Rick Broida, who was our gadget guy, couldn't be with us today. But uh, one of the things that he is looking ahead at 2015 and saying is, he said, I think, or at least hope, that Chromebooks and large tablets will start to catch on in a bigger way as people like me, that's uh, Rick Broida, uh, desperately look for a Windows alternative. He really doesn't like Windows. Windows 10 will be more of the same from Microsoft. A few tweaks that nobody really cares about and a price tag that's totally out of touch with reality. <laughs> he says a lot in that one prediction. That's Rick Broida. And uh, we'll be posting uh, a lot of predictions throughout the show. I'm Foster Brown, and this is a very special edition of the Internet Advisor, our first one of 2015, and also a three-hour program. This hour, we're talking about security, and we're going to rejoin Richard Steenen of IT Harvest. Uh, Ed, Cal, and Gary are in studio here, and we also have Ridgely Evers online, who is with the Trust Pipe Company. We're going to find out what his magic sauce is in just a moment. We've asked all of our folks here, by the way, to give us their uh, predictions for 2015. And one of the one Cal came up with was about wearables. And he likes the Mac platform in particular. And uh, he says the Mac, the Apple Watch, while being functional as well as stylish, will be aggressively priced. And people, especially the Android complainers, will really fuss about that. The device will be more jewelry with tech than tech with jewelry, and it will be 
the subtle justification for the price. <laughs> he says, I can't wait to hear Johnny Ive describe this one. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it, with uh, that reportedly coming in at over $300 and me wearing my pivotal living band that I bought for $12. <laughs> steps, you know, there, there's a not likely wide, to happen. There's a wide <laughs> spectrum there. But you know what's interesting is that there is already talk before the Apple Watch has even come out. There's talk about Glance, which is their new uh, way of describing microbursts of news. And mm. we thought Twitter was really short. Well, now they're talking about Glance where you just you know, just wiggle your, your wrist and you'll get another Boom. burst of, of, of news. information, whatever that information and is. it's kind of interesting. And we're already talking about it. People are, are really jumping on the bandwagon. I have no doubt that uh, Apple Watch is going to be successful. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking more about that in the second hour and the third hour as well. Right now we're talking about security. And originally, we at the, the as we were closing out this last segment, we talked about the existing ways that security is handled um, getting the bad guys or preventing them from coming in. And you said uh, one way was um, the uh, signatures. In other words, that there was a certain way that the bad guys identified, the virus was identified, and they could read that. Or heuristics, which is about behavior. Now, you said you've got a third way. So what's the magic in your third way? Well, the, the magic in our third way it really ties back to what our underlying premise is, which is that whether you're a corporation or a government or somebody at home, what you really want to be is safe. You don't really care about understanding who shot at you or what the size of the exit wound was. You want to be not shot in the first place. Exactly, yes. Right? Yeah. And the security industry has really evolved over time much more towards what we call forensics as opposed to prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, our thesis was that the, those two basic models, signatures and heuristics, were, were intrinsically flawed. And Kanan's insight was that um, there was a different way to analyze data. And we have a, a very important patent around that. And essentially, the way I like to describe it is to say, uh, is to think about DNA you know, and, the, and mice. Suppose you have a policy that you want no mice in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. Well, the signature-based model says every creature that comes in, I need to take out their DNA and I need to look at all of it and say, does this match this mouse and this mouse and this mouse and this mouse and this mouse? Mm-hmm. So it's a long list and a lot of data to compare. Right. The heuristic model says, uh, is it mousy? <laughs> right? And it's basically. Walks like a mouse, and, and squeaks like mousy, a mouse. Hey, you should take a look because, you know, in the signature model, if I spot something that's absolutely a mouse, I can say, no, out. Yep. Right? It's absolutely confident. But if that mouse, you know, mutates a little bit, suddenly I can't see it. Right. If it's on a heuristics model, it's ishy, <laughs> mouse-ish. <laughs> and so um, I can't take action on your behalf. Mm-hmm. I have to call you in to say, hey, look at this and make a decision. So you identify kind of a suspicion level. Exactly. I got gotcha. you. And, and unless you're really, really, really mouse-averse, um, you know, you want to... Yeah. <laughs> You want to make it's okay for your dog to come in the kitchen, but it has mousy attributes. It's got four feet and it's got a tail and it's right. got whiskers, ears, and pointy nose, and yeah. um, you know. So the uh, so both of those models have intrinsic flaws. What we figured out though is that just as is the case in DNA, there are distinctive markers in network traffic mm. that absolutely authoritatively define it. So, for example, if I looked at all the all the DNA for all the different types of mice. 
it would turn out that there are only a handful of base pairs in the genes that authoritatively say this is a member of the mouse family. Mm-hmm. Okay, anybody? And, so, yeah. and those are the markers. All I have to do is look at, that, uh, look at the DNA and say, are those markers present? I don't have to examine the whole strain, string or anything else to say, are those markers present? If, if they are, this is a mouse. And if they aren't, it can't be a mouse. Okay. And we can do the same thing with network traffic. Ah, okay. So right? this is, so that's... Is this an attack? Mm-hmm. Is this a virus? Is this an escalation of privileges? Is this for cost? All the different tools that the hackers use in the hacker toolkit to come in over your network, we have trained TrustPipe on. And, and here's where it gets really interesting. If you own one of the main antivirus um, uh, programs, mm-hmm. the database that's on your machine is about 350 megabytes in size. Yeah, true. And it's updated constantly, and mm-hmm. when right. it runs, it grinds your computer to a halt, which is one of the ways they prevent <laughs> bad things from happening is you just can't use it. Often that's true. Right. Um, <clears throat> so we trained TrustPipe using terabytes of virus information, over 50 million different viruses. And TrustPipe came back and said, you know what, there are actually 13 kinds of virus. Out of these 50 million, there are 13 families. Ah. And all the others are just variants within those families. And that's the base DNA you're talking about, right? Well, here's the base DNA. TrustPipe came back and said, by the way, I can identify every member of every family in 415 bytes of data. Oh, my Lord. 415 bytes. Correct. That's not even a megabyte. I mean, folks, this is tiny. 415 bytes. Wow. How long has this been going on? By the way, we're talking with Ridgely Evers about trust pipe. Um, so how long have you been doing this? Why haven't um, we heard about you before? We've been working on this uh, <laughs> since 2010. Okay. Is it and we've sh- kept it very, very quiet because the claims, as Richard will attest, the claims are provocative. Right. So, um, Ed? And, and so we wanted to make absolutely certain that what we were saying was true. Now, you know, looking or, or, or the way you're describing it is 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 almost following a, subs- a suspicion that I've had about uh, the programming and how viruses work on the network is that they really don't follow the rules as far as network protocols or how to follow the coding within the operating system. So as far as network rules, I mean... To me, it almost sounds like what you're saying is that they're actually putting data on the network that doesn't follow the protocols of network packets. I mean, that's how I translate what you're saying. Well, interestingly, TrustPipe doesn't understand the concept of a virus. It doesn't understand the concept of a remote root root compromise. It doesn't understand any of those things. Mm -hmm. All it understands is here's a body of data that was classified by experts as having something in common. And now I, TrustPipe, have gone out and figured out from a purely digital perspective, as opposed to the analog perspective that humans use, what it is that binds this set together. Now, I have to ask you, because we're getting near the end of this, and I don't want to lose this. Is there is this available now to our listeners? Um, it's available for Windows XP okay. uh, at TrustPipe.com. And uh, we'll be rolling out... Uh, versions for basically every operating system, including all the subsequent versions of uh, Windows, 
over the coming months. So if you go to the site right now, you can simply put in your email address, as I did, and you will then receive an, uh, an email when that system is ready. And then it's Correct. literally five bucks for five years of this kind of protection. Ridgely, I'm sorry we've run out of time now, but I want to definitely keep on following this up with you and Richard with you as well in the coming year. I would love to do that, and I'd really love to talk about the Internet of Things, which is the biggest oh. issue that faces everyone at home. We will have you back on to do that again. Thank you so much, Ridley, for being with Thanks, us. Thanks, Rich. Richard, thank, thank you, you. For, for being around as well. We've been talking about security this hour. Coming up this next hour, we're going to be talking about drones over Detroit. And Emily Hay will be with us, along with Mike Amon, to look into his crystal ball about the future in hour number two.